today. Super excited for this conversation. It's been a minute since we've done one of these audio sessions. Um, Honestly, I think I got too wrapped up in like trying to say the perfect thing all the time. Like even the concept of the podcast is just kind of off the cuff. So that's what we're doing today. It's not fully off the cuff. Trust me, I have talking points. Actually, let's just jump right into it. and I'll give some context um, into what this is. For those who don't know who I am, my name is Maceo. I use she, her pronouns. And I go by the ERG homegirl here on LinkedIn. I'm literally all things ERGs. I think about it all the time um, just because there's so much work that needs to be done in the ERG space. Specifically with today's conversation, this came out of a conversation that I had with someone last week. And honestly, I have this conversation maybe like once a week with somebody. Uh, different people at different companies, they all say the same thing. Um, specifically that there's a lot of pressure to have business impact for their ERGs. Um, pressure, who from? I mean, I guess it varies, but we'll dive into that a little bit. But really, when I had this conversation last week, the thing about it was um, I figured it was time that I just speak broadly about this versus just like having these individual conversations. Because I think it's one of those things that we need in the space um, as part of this ERG movement, changing and rethinking employee resource groups. We have to align on this whole business impact con part of the conversation how we do these um typically so this is a live it's a recorded conversation um i'll just go through my spiel afterward we can have a conversation we can do q a however you all want to do it i'm here till noon um so that's basically how it goes a little bit of context i always like to start off the podcast with this the three principles of the erg movement is super important because this always comes up principle number one um, an ERG program must operate like a business enterprise. So um, that really speaks to one, like the programmatic piece of it. Each e ERG shouldn't be operating on its own. There should be a programmatic approach. And it actually, you can use the same principles that are found in business development guidelines and apply them to employee resource groups. And that's basically what I teach. Principle number two, every single ERG program must benefit both the employees um, that make up the program, but also the business that it operates within. We'll be touching on that today because I feel like there's some confusion in what that means. And then principle number three um, is literally escaping my brain right now. Uh, principle number three is, it'll come back to me. It'll come back to me. It's still morning for, you know, it's morning. So it takes a little second. But anyway, plus, like I said, it's been a minute since I've done this live, so... It'll come to me eventually. But back to this conversation on business impact. Again, I hear this conversation a lot. And I think really where it comes from is probably back maybe three or four years ago when the term business resource group really started popping up a little bit more. It started showing up a lot more in um, like official development models of ERGs and the concept with a BRG was that it's going to be more structure to an existing ERG and it's going to have business impact where an employee resource group, oh, it's just for the employees. It's like a less formal, less important version of a BRG. And the concept is that one day ERGs will then evolve into BRGs and that's the concept with like their existence. I have never subscribed to that. It never really made sense to me. Um, 
one thing that I also that I like to say about principle number two of the ERG movement is that I intentionally have it structured so that the employee part comes first and then the business. If you heard me speak before, you've heard me say you need a community of people that are bought in, a strong community before you go and try to make business impact because then who are you trying to make business impact with? Essentially, it's probably going to fall all on the ERG leaders. So anyway, all that to say, most of the time, even when I do see BRGs, they lose the community feel. There's no community. It's just like, how are we doing this thing for the company? And even then, it doesn't really make sense to come to an ERG and say, okay, well, now we're going to be focused on business stuff. You know, you've had your fun. Now we have to meet our, our 4C quota uh, for the commerce pillar. Now we got to do more business stuff. It just, it doesn't work like that. Real ERG development, and if you haven't checked out the ERG movement model, I recommend that you do. But real ERG development is a gradual scaling of a community. Scaling it from doing initiatives um, that benefit employees to then also being able to include initiatives that benefit the business. So it starts with how are you actually proving that you're benefiting employees? Then it can go to how are you proving that you're benefiting the business depending on where your company's take on that is. I know that right now it might seem like this is all jumbled. Don't worry. We're about to get into the seven. Actually, originally I had seven. I actually just kind of condensed them into five. Five reasons why this business impact conversation needs to change. Um, and I guess we can just kind of jump into it from there. So exciting things. Thing number one, um, basically, like after I talked to this person, I gave them this answer, but it was definitely jumbled then. Um, and then after that, I just kind of went on a rant, like in my car, and I was just trying to figure out what am I trying to say? So basically, this is coming from that rant. Um, and here we are nowadays. Okay, so going to it. When ERGs first started, they were really centered around building belonging for underrepresented groups. Actually, for those of you all who don't know where ERGs first started, the first ERG was at Xerox. It started back um, coming out of the civil rights movement. It was a black ERG. Um, obviously, black employees at the company, they just felt like they needed a place. That's where ERGs first started. I don't know how we've gotten so far from that original purpose today where now there, like some people believe that ERGs serve the purpose of the business direct. Like that's the, that's the real root of it when it's not. ERGs are a people focused initiative. So what really irritates me about this conversation is the concept that a lot of the companies that are trying to shift into being more, uh, having a strong ROI for their ERGs. There's people who exist in their companies who are part of these underrepresented groups who literally hate their job. They hate the company that they're at because they don't feel that sense of belonging, because they're experiencing microaggressions, because they don't have a safe space. Like the fact that there's employees that exist at your company who are part of these groups that the ERGs are originally built for that aren't being served, but we're going to ignore that part and we're going to focus on the business return on investment piece. That's like insane to me. Really, like I said, ERGs, they're about community and that's how you build belonging. That's how you really make it a place where people feel like, oh, this is a space for me is by having a strong community. That's why even in the ERG movement model, it's focused on community first. Like how do we 
make a strong community. Like I said earlier, I say this all the time, community has to be the priority. So the concept of jumping to business impact, I mean, really, you might ask, like, what would even make someone say, like, okay, well, let's ignore those people, um, people who might feel like, okay, well, I'm a veteran, so maybe people will stereotype me to say, like, I'm crazy or something, or I'm a black woman at the company, so, you know, I get a whole bunch of microaggressions, I'm being passed over for promotions, I'm an LGBTQ employee, and um, they're mispronouncing me all the time, like, there's employees right now who are experiencing that, and they don't even feel like your ERG is a safe space. Okay. Now, the question, like I said, what would even make someone say, skip over all those people? Let's focus on the return on investment piece. Three reasons that I could possibly see. I think confusion might be one. I don't, and for the record, if you are have never heard me speak before, I speak very directly, very, I'm in my authentic energy right now. So, um... Yeah, this is kind of how it's go. But I'm not saying this to attack you if you are one of these people who have like a focus on return on investment. Uh, if you have a BRG versus an ERG, this is just the real kind of conversation that we need to have in this space. So that's why I'm having it. And that's why I'm speaking. So I don't know, directly, aggressively. I don't know how you categorize it. But yes. Anyway, I will say think one is confusion because... I feel like, to be fair, like, this is what we're saying. This is what we think the executives want to see. And this is what we think that the business wants to see. And we also see different companies and they talk about, you know, how ERGs have ROI, even though most of these companies very rarely have information to back that claim up. But we see it a lot. So that being said, I feel like there might just be some general confusion saying, well, you know, I think that this is what is supposed to happen. Or even with the 4C model, because one of the pillars is commerce, it's like, well, oh, well, this is a pillar. So I guess this has to be incorporated in our program. Um, Fun fact, I'm not a fan of the 4C model, but that's not a conversation for right now. But one of the reasons why I'm not a fan is because it does add to that confusion of what is this ERG supposed to be doing? Um, Reason number two, maybe you're at an org that truly is, like money first completely. Now I am not the person who's like putting feelings first all the time and people first, but an organization that is people first in the sense that it cares about its employees more than it cares about the money. Those are organizations that thrive. And this, that's a fact that I, that's a fact. I was funny enough. I was just reading a book yesterday and maybe that's also what kind of prompted me to do this as a live where, um, and it's a book it's called, why I don't know the name? I don't know. It's, oh, it's called The Infinite Mindset by Simon Sinek. Um, and if you're a fan of his work, I mean, amazing work. And at least that that's what I subscribe to when it comes to companies and how they should run, being employee first. That's really what he talks about a lot. But that being said, he was talking about how, for instance, at Apple, they treat their employees excellent. Or even at Costco, they treat their employees excellent. They start, uh, even when it comes to pay, like, at a reasonable wage for, for minimum wage, they start at like $15 an hour. And that's back when he wrote the book. Uh, so it might even be higher now. And they, they give their hourly employees, for instance, the same benefits that they give their corporate employees. Like just how they treat their employees actually shows up in their retention. There's actual numbers to tie that there. That's the concept of being a people first organization. And we, I mean, even then, you might think of Apple as like they're one of the Fortune 10 companies. Like 
So obviously they do care about the money piece of it, but they also care about their employees. All that to say, all that to say, maybe you're at an org that that's not like that. And not every org organization, not every company truly puts its employees first. Now, personally, that's not my cup of tea, but if that's the company that you're at, where it's saying every single thing we do, like we're cutting benefits to the bone, we're, we're just trying to get as much money as possible. And maybe with the recession, maybe that is honestly where your company is at, where they're not thinking about the people right now. Again, it's not my cup of tea, but it is where some companies are. So you got to understand where you're at. But even then, I wouldn't even say that that's the majority of companies. I would actually probably group that as like executive confusion where same concept as the first one I mentioned where maybe you as leading the program are, you know, saying like, I think that this is what it's supposed to be, but I don't really know. Maybe the executives are the same way. I think that this is what it's supposed to be, but because there's so much confusion in the ERG space, they don't really know either. So they're doubling down on the fact that it has to be a revenue producing space in the company so i don't know you can take that as it is as well um another the last reason i'll say that maybe and oftentimes this is the tone that i get when i have these conversations um and why people might overlook like the communities and the people within an organization that need a community just to do business impact honestly i'm saying this with love but it's kind of it's actually a really selfish request oftentimes because right now where everything is in the dni space people are afraid of layoffs they're afraid of all these things do you want to be able to say here's what i'm doing for the business like you really just want to make it as like as obvious as possible like oh i'm i'm leading this program um that has a direct tie to to revenue and even then oftentimes i see us falling into the trap of making up metrics to fit that narrative. We're not going to go into that right now, but that's actually a later talking point. But oftentimes um, it's really like this commerce pillar of the 4C model is what makes me look good to executives. Again, most of the time this is a guess. It's not an actual fact of what the executives are looking for. Um, And it's really an insecurity request to force your ERG leaders to have this return on investment because what does that even mean? Like, honestly, okay, we're, we're going to go into that. I'm sorry. I can just go into rants. Um, but I mean, we'll talk about the metrics piece too, when it comes to this return on investment, because oftentimes, again, we'll bring up the commerce pillar um, of the 4C model, where um, there's a list of things of what that could mean. It could mean Uh, impacting product or marketing or sales in some way that have to do with ERGs. Um, I'm curious for an ERG, again, highly recommend if you haven't already check out the ERG movement model, but for ERGs in general, especially newer ERGs, ERGs that don't have structure, that don't have strong governance, that don't have systems in place, you want them to immediately start working with the marketing team or the product team or to Even worse, I've seen at many companies, they'll just let their ERG leaders come up with what does commerce mean to you? Like, here's the commerce pillar, you know, maybe here's a document about the commerce pillar of the 4C model. You figure out what this means to you um, and you come to us with some ideas. That is like one, it's setting up the ERG leaders for complete disappointment because they're going to come up with all these ideas. 
Um, and then when it comes to working with the teams that are going to implement them, nine times out of 10, those teams are not ready, not interested right now in doing those things. It's not even because they're anti doing them, but they already have priorities that are actually focused on the business. So the concept of why why we're even allowing ERG leaders to think that they have this type of impact only for then it to be a slow down process that can go over the course of years with trying to get even one commerce type initiative pushed through um, is really, I mean, it makes sense why ERG leaders are burning out and why they feel like they're not accomplishing anything because you wouldn't accomplish anything at that rate. Again, who who is an ERG leader to go to a business unit and say, this is what you need to do? Like we demand it. That's not the type of relationship that you want to build, um, especially when, again, if you as an ERG program don't have systems, don't have data, and your ERG leaders don't know how to use data to make decisions and things like that, it's going to be even worse because even then, if the business unit that they want to work with is interested in working with them, they're not going to have any numbers to back it up. They're probably not even going to have any that explain um, the benefits of it, all the things that a business unit needs to make this type of investment and decision into making this commerce piece come to life. So all that being said, what metrics are we even looking at when we're talking about business investment? This is reason number two, I guess, wrong metrics. Reason number one, in case you didn't catch it, which I understand why, because I have a tendency to ramble. Reason number one was... um, it's focusing on the wrong thing. Really the concept of you have people at your organization that don't feel a sense of belonging. So why are you focusing on business and ignoring those people? Um, Reason number two would be the wrong metrics are being used. Even when we're talking about business ROI, nine times out of 10, we're talking about marketing and, and even when it comes to talent, talent acquisition and things like that, really, and this is a more recent thought I've been having. When we think about ERGs, we should really think about what metrics the learning and development team are being measured against and what me- and what um and what numbers the employee engagement team are being measured against. What's their ROI? Because I feel like this conversation cannot be nearly as prevalent in those spaces as it is with ERGs. Where to the point like ERGs are being questioned, ERGs are being like Companies are getting rid of their ERG programs because they're saying, like, what's the ROI? But I feel like this conversation is not, it could be made a lot clearer if we just adopted the same metrics as the learning and development team's ROI or the employee engagement team's ROI. The concept is you invest in your employees. They're going to stay longer. They're going to be happier. They're going to work harder. That's the concept with an employee resource group when it comes to investment. Originally, ERGs were not invested in. It was just a community space. And that was the investment, I guess, in essence, is that employees could spend time in this community space. But now that employ- that ERGs are actually being invested in financially and we need an ROI, the concept, and this is where principle number two of the ERG movement model comes in, where, yes, it benefits the business, but it benefits the business in that employees are being benefited, that they have this space. Again, just like with Apple, just like with Costco and those examples earlier, you treat your employees well, they're going to like your company more, they're going to work harder, they're going to stay longer. Those are facts. Those are facts. And I, I know with me when I say facts, I have it's something that's been proven. 
I wish I had the data right now. I will literally pull it up right now. But you can even read that book, Infinite Mindset by Simon Sinek. And he goes into it. Um, so that being said, all that being said, um, again, ERGs, they are a program where companies are investing in their underrepresented groups. So the concept is that's how you're showing appreciation. That's how you're investing in your employees. Um, and that is essentially the ROI. Okay, I think we get that piece there. Okay. Reason number three, that this conversation needs to change. We're trying to turn employee resource groups into a revenue driving, a revenue generating part of the business. But everyone's looking at the ERGs already as a cost center. We're the only ones that are trying to flip the script and make this into a revenue driving piece of the business. And since when is it a thing to turn a revenue driving, I mean, to turn a cost center into a revenue driving piece of the business? Like, even when you think about how businesses work, like, your CFO has already written this off as a cost center. It's something that is going to cost money. But the concept, why are we spending the money? Again, it goes into what we're investing into our employees, where most of our employee engagement efforts, they might not capture these specific niche groups that are underrepresented. Um, so in the interim, we have ERGs that are really customized towards making them feel a sense of belonging. So the concept of us trying to say, oh, well, ERGs are going to drive business for the company. It's not a like, where do we get this from that that was going to happen? Again, I, I have a hunch that it was with this development of ERGs into BRGs and that conversation recently that has been happening. Um, that's kind of turned that conversation around. I just... I just don't know when that became a thing. Uh, and also keep in mind, we're trying to do this with volunteers only. So with volunteers only, we're trying to turn this cost center into a revenue driving piece of the business. And most people who are leading an ERG program are DNI program managers. They're not ERG program managers. So keep in mind that you're doing this with only half of your time and half is that might be generous, honestly. So the concept of doing that, I again, I just don't know where that came from. Um, so let's get that out of our heads that ERGs are a revenue driving part of the business because they're not, and it's okay that they're a cost center. I don't know. Maybe that's also where the insecurity comes in. Like maybe we feel uncomfortable knowing that we're a cost of the business. And again, with so much happening right now with layoffs happening and things like that, no one wants to be associated with an extra cost that doesn't bring a benefit, a direct benefit to the company, but just know Talk honestly, talk to your CFO, understand what makes this a healthy cost center versus not a healthy cost center. That's way more important than saying, oh, how do we drive business? Because again, that's going to lead to disappointment and you're probably not going to do that, it, especially to have multiple ERGs doing that at the same time with multiple business units. When again, you don't even have basic systems in place to maintain um, ERG leader momentum for them to have data and metrics. And you're trying to to make this into a revenue driving piece of the business that has all of those things. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense to me. People team in general is a cost center. That's okay, moving along, moving along. So that's reason number three. Reason number four, don't worry, we only have five. So I'm almost done with my rant here. Reason number four, um, this one is, okay, I kind of already touched on this one a little bit. This comes to the, the bluffing piece of this conversation with uh, all the false promises that are being given when it comes to ERGs and saying things like um, 
ERGs are guaranteed that the business is going to make more money. And when we say those type of things without numbers that back it up, that is very, very damaging to the company, Uh, not to the company, but to the ERG program. When we say things like having an ERG program is directly going to impact your retention. I know we just talked about earlier, treating your employees better impacts retention. But when we say that's not necessarily directly tied to ERGs, if your ERG program isn't set up correctly. So um, whenever we start saying these things and saying, yeah, by having an ERG program, we're going to do this, this and that for the company without having the hard numbers to back it up. This is again, when we start saying, Ooh, well, let's start, let's start thinking about what these numbers are. And when we start thinking about numbers, we automatically start thinking about the big numbers that we think the business cares about, not necessarily what's realistic to the ERGs. That's the only reason, honestly, why I think Unlike with the learning and development team and the employee engagement team, why ERGs are being roped up into this conversation of what's the ROI, what's the ROI, otherwise they have to go, is because there's a lot of this going on in the DNI space overall. Like right now in the DNI space, there's a question of is there a ROI for DNI at the company and what is it? Is it an external um, or is it like, is this DNI team internal? Is it focused on like employee belonging? Or is it focused on external where a lot of DNI pillars at companies, they include some sort of external component. They include something about marketing or product or commerce in general. Maybe you might even see the 4C model show up or the 4W, I think that there's like a 4W model, which is the exact same thing in essence. Um, but you might see those things show up within your DNI strategy. And therefore, because the DNI team is trying to figure out what are we gonna, what are we? Are we um, focusing just on employees, or are we all things to all people? And therefore, they try to make ERGs all things to all people. That's really the only reason that ERGs are in this conversation in the first place. Not a big fan of that. Um, but all that being said, I just say that all that to say um, data integrity is that is that the message of that? It could be data integrity. It could be. How are we positioning our ERGs um, to actually say like what the purpose of the ERGs is going to be initially? Let me rephrase that because I know that that can be confusing. In my head, it makes sense, but I'm going to say that one more time. We have to understand what our ERG program is. Is it, just like we said with the DNI conversation, is it a program that is focused on the belonging of our employees, which once again, I've already told you all, if you don't have a strong community, you're trying to do business impact, it doesn't even, it doesn't work anyway. So it should, yes, be on the belonging of your employees. But as it scales, do we intend on it being something where we're all things to all people and we're integrated into all parts of the business in one way or another? And we are, yeah, in one way or another. We have to have that understanding there of what our ERG program is and our ERG program vision. That's really, okay, that's what I was trying to say all along. If you have like, if you're writing down notes, point number four is having a clear ERG vision for your program. Like, what do we want this program to be when it's fully fledged out? Um, And having clarity on what metrics would exist at that point to prove, um, I don't even want to say prove, because again, that can bring in confusion on what the ERG program is all about. But What are the metrics that we're going to be able to have that shows executives like this is what it's doing for employees? That's what I'll say. Understand what your vision is for your program and don't just make up numbers or even worse, like 
we can't just say um, it has an impact on retention right now, like at present, if we don't have those numbers. If we're going to say that to executives, we need to have the numbers approved now. But if we're trying to say down the line, it's going to have this impact, again, painting the vision of we want to get to a place where our ERG program has this kind of impact, that's something completely different all aligned with that for sure because that is again you're setting a goal to get to but the concept of how are we framing our erg program now what's our vision where are we trying to go with our erg program having that initial conversation oftentimes at a lot of erg programs we feel like oh well we've already had this conversation with our executives and we're you know we can't go back and double back i you can i promise i it's very advantageous for you to do so actually for any, actually, I'm not going to get into that part of the conversation because that's another separate rant. But that's point number four. Understand where, you're, where you want your ERG program to be. Point number five. Um, very important. We kind of touched on it a little bit before, but stating it directly. This is this is the part that you can write down. ERG leaders are not DNI professionals. They're not. And even then... They're not professionals in each and every aspect of the business that they want to impact. This really needs to be said. ERG leaders are professionals at what their job is, whatever their day job is. That's their professional thing. Being an ERG leader, that's an act of passion. And most of the time it's because I want to build a community for my community. I really want to help this community to be stronger at this organization. I want to build a place of belonging for others here. That's what ERG leaders are good at. They know their community and they know how to build that space. Or at least they have the passion to. And hopefully you as an ERG program manager can give them guidance on how to build that space effectively. So um, when it comes to identifying and implementing business ideas, most of the time they don't have the qualifications to do that or the know-how. And you might say, well, you know, as a DNI team, we'll assist them with that. But again, Nine times out of 10, even you as a DNI team, when it comes to influencing stakeholders to doing things that ERG leaders want, again, it builds a very rocky relationship because stakeholders aren't expecting for this request to come out of nowhere. Um, and now you're trying to push for this thing to move forward. And if you're trying to do this for multiple groups at a time, that's exhausting. So the even giving, painting the picture for ERG leaders that that's their goal is that they're serving as like, many DNI professionals within an organization is very misleading. It's very, it's a dangerous path to walk down as well. Instead, I mean, and it's okay that ERG leaders may have an interest in DNI. That's different. But at present, them as an ERG leader, they're a professional at their job. And they're also professional at building that sense of belonging. So that's why you should really focus more so on the community piece. I did a podcast earlier this year. And it was on the difference between DNI co- committees and ERGs. It wasn't one that it wasn't an ERG movement podcast. I was featured on someone's podcast, and we had this conversation. And again, I will state: if you're trying to have your ERG serve as a DNI committee, where now it's focused on strong, like focused business impact um, and business return on investment, just know that that's completely different from an ERG, an employee resource group where we're trying to provide resources to employees. Employee impact is first. Um, so just know, if you're trying to do a DNI committee, that's something completely different. And honestly, I would recommend like encouraging um, 
the different various business units to have maybe a form of a DNI committee. So for instance, you can have a marketing DNI committee that's really focused on how are we making sure that our marketing is inclusive? Or maybe that's what your team does as a diversity team. If that is what your team does, that's something different. But just know your ERG leaders, while they can they can still serve as a helper to those groups when those groups are ready and when those business units come to them, that does not mean that they get to tell the business units, hey, this is what you need to do because ultimately the business units are going to be the professionals on here's where our business is at right now. Here's our core customer. Here's how we can incorporate these themes um, in a way that benefits our business. Okay. Those are my pieces. I will just say, if you want some takeaways from this, and if you're one of those companies that's hearing a lot, you know, um, I'm getting a lot of pressure to have ROI for our ERG program. Thing one, question the motive and the root. Who is providing this pressure and why are they providing this pressure? Is it actually coming from executives or could it just be potentially like the head of DNI who's still trying to get clarity on the program? Again, no shade in that because that's just where the space is. That's what happens when you have a new booming industry is that it has to figure itself out. But understand, and if that is the case, then you have to, you might have to have that recentering conversation on. Let's first focus on strengthening our communities um, before we focus on, you know, this whole business impact piece. Thing two, understand the goal of your ERG program. It's a similar with the first one, but it's a little bit different. But again, is your ERG serving as a belonging program or is it serving as a business impact program? Is it serving as an education program even? That also goes back to the conversation of like belonging in the workplace and how we're seeing that like trending more in the DNI space. But also if your ERGs are trying to educate allies all the time, like that's their main thing, that could also add to the confusion of your ERG program. And I don't know, that's a different conversation, but I felt like it was necessary to say, get clarity on what your program is. This way you can know what it is not. I actually just recently did a different podcast and this one should be coming out soon. Um, a really cool, someone really cool, I'm not going to spoil it, that I had come on the ERG Movement podcast. And she said, protect your yes by saying no i i don't know she said something like that it was really really good it was something around the line of you protect your yes um but you do not have to know your yes to protect your yes ultimately okay thing three ask your learning and development team and your employee engagement team what metrics they go by this is really important because this this can potentially have a huge shift um for you all as you think of your erg programs you'll notice that for many of them, it's not with the intention of changing the business externally. A lot of it is it's really just about the employee's experience. In many cases, these are um, departments that live underneath the people team. Again, the people team is a complete cost center. It's all about investing in the employees with the concept of that's going to make them have more brand loyalty. That's going to make them want to stay here longer, all the things. And that's okay. And you'll see with those programs that get invested in way more than your ERG program, let's be honest, that they're not trying to be so aggressive and trying to prove their worth because they already know what they are. Thing number four, talk to your CFO, your chief financial officer. Uh, they kind of call the shots anyway. So ask them, what do you need to see? 
for this to be a healthy cost center. And thing number five, at least in the interim, while you're doing all these things, really try to understand what it means to have community first be the focus of your employee resource group and tie some metrics to that. Like what does a strong community look like in metrics? Of course, those are things that I'm happy to talk about, but I promise I will leave time for Q&A and for all the things. Um, so that'll just have to be another episode. Anyway, I'm done for today. I'm done with my rant. It felt good getting it off my chest. If you all have questions, you can start raising your hand now. In the meantime, I will share um, some Updates, I guess, with the ERG movement. Not sure how familiar you all are with the ERG movement. I do see some new faces on here. Um, If you have not tuned in, make sure that you go to my profile. You can click um, on the link in my bio, or you can just go to the ERGmovement.com. You'll see that there's a ton, a ton of free resources for employee resource group leaders and also program managers. And just in general, um, I just highly recommend checking that out. We also have a free community, the ERG Movement community. Um, Highly recommend checking that out as well. Some really cool things going in there. And sometimes these conversations happen in that space that don't happen here on LinkedIn. So just just saying, you want to be privy to those as well. Um, Beyond that, I guess I don't really have any major updates. No questions? No questions at all? It doesn't necessarily have to be tied to this topic. I know it's been a while since we've done Q&A, but anyone has any questions in general or comments, thoughts on this topic even? Maybe not. This could just be like a moment of, I just have to really take in what she just said because most people don't say stuff like this, which is true, which is true. Um, I know it's a lot and it's really still something that I'm trying to figure out how to bake it out so that for executives, it makes a lot of sense. It's clear on like, okay, as we're turning and we're reshifting from being a ROI, heavy business ROI focused ERG into um, like an ERG that really has a strong community, what that looks like. So just know that there will be some things coming very soon. Um, That'll be a resource, hopefully, to you all as you have these conversations. 